I don't know if there's much that I would change, which is rare for me because my personality type, I'm always changing things and I'm always trying to get to the next level. But 2019 has been one of the best years of all time. And let me give you the equal but conflicting statement. 2019 has been one of the hardest years of my entire life. You're listening to the Traffic and Funnel Show. 2019 is almost over. Let me say wah, wah, wah. It's almost over. We're about to head into a new decade. Not just a new year, but a new decade. Maybe some of you feel like 2019 has been the greatest moment of your entire life. And I feel like there are some of you on this call who would say, absolutely. Absolutely. I've broken records in 2019. I've had more fun in 2019. But probably some of you would say that 2019 has been one of the hardest years of your life as well. And I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first, Matt? Uh, I like the bad news first. So here's the bad news. The bad news is it's almost over. Best year of your life, best momentum of your life. Here's the bad news. Coming to an end. It's almost over. It's almost over. What about the good news? You ready for the good news? Always ready for good news. The good news is it's almost over. <laughs> Hardest year of your life, the most struggle that you ever put up with in your life, it's almost over. This is interesting because it is, your brain has this thing called permanence. And uh, I'm purposely not giving you the title of what I'm talking to you uh, about today because I'm, uh, some of you have been here long enough, like Matt, you, you will cheat. And you'll just go ahead and skip ahead. And you're like, oh, yeah, I know what he's going to talk about. Okay. But I'm taking a long scenic route, if that's okay. And uh, after this call, I hope that you have more power, more reserves, more energy, and a well of inspiration for you to take into the week, especially a holiday week, uh, and use this material as you rest to set up some good vision for 2020. Your brain has this thing called permanence. Permanence. P-R-M-A-N-E-N-C-E, in case you want to look it up. And I'm sure that there are people on this call who are a lot smarter than I am with the psychology of things. Um, but I tend, to, I tend to study from an implementation standpoint. Um, I think there are a lot of people in the world who are academically smarter than I am. Would you agree with that, Matt? I would agree, yeah. This is a trick question. And uh, you failed. Just kidding. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. But academically, there are plenty of people. But but I think that one of my one of my gifts is actually being able to go at a subject from a from a place of wanting to have application and implementation. And uh, this idea of permanence is actually a mental heuristic. You know what a heuristic is? You're putting me on the spot. No, it's a I've it's a it. shortcut. A heuristic is a shortcut. It's a shortcut. So um, the, the brain does this thing where if you have experienced something in the past, then we are kind of evolutionarily going to recognize the pattern the next time. Hmm. Uh, it's, why the, it, it's why we're afraid of spiders because hmm. they'll kill you. Or it's why that, you know, it's why typically you know, we have like biological patterns that, you know, 
we, uh, if you get, if somebody starts running up to you in the parking lot, you're probably going to run away, right? There's an instinct. It's a heuristic. It's a shortcut. And one of the heuristics that our brains have developed is this idea of permanence, which means that you're being tricked into thinking that neat things are never going to change. Whatever you've experienced in your past is what's always going to be. There's no escape. There's no, uh, there's no ability to consciously change the trajectory. And before you say, well, that's stupid. Why, why are we built that way? The, the easiest way for you to stay alive in the past was for you to have this heuristic. Let me give you an example. Imagine you're out in the middle. Imagine Matt Green, all right, naked and alone, <laughs> in the middle of, uh, of the plains, starving. And mentally he's thinking, well, you know, oh, well, somebody will probably come along with food someday. Mm. And that is when Matt Green dies of starvation. Or um, imagine Matt Green stuck in, uh, you know, a place where he is um, in, you know, quicksand. And he's starting to sink. And he's like, well, I'm sure it won't, I'm sure it won't be this way forever. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. The brain is actually designed to, to get you to overreact to current situations so that you can correct. Part of it's evolutionary, but part of it is just psychological. And there's all this research into it. And like I said, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And I really just want to study so I can figure out what's going on. But this idea of permanence convinces you that things are never going to change. It's always going to be this way. And I've hacked this. It's called hedging. And yes, I can totally tell you about it. I've, I've figured out how to get the benefits of this evolutionary uh, tick, if you will, while discarding the negatives. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. I'm just kind of going off on a rant because I feel like the biggest thing you have to fight inside of this particular issue of whether 2019 has been good, whether it's been bad, is this idea of, look, you're fine. It's not always going to be this way. And if you've had a great year, how many of you know you need to double down and continue to push so that you can enhance and continue. So many people get lazy. You see this all the time, dude. It's like something works. They're like deuces. I'm good. Dip out three years later. They've done 12 different businesses. None of them are making money. It's like, why, why don't you just go back to repeating and enhancing the things that works for you. But on the flip side, I also see people who they go out and they talk to 12 people and those 12 people don't, don't buy from them. And they're like, well, man, this is just destined to not work. And so they, they remove themselves from a trajectory that would have corrected itself. Of course, nobody in CK does that because CK is perfect. You guys are the perfect specimens in the entrepreneurial worlds. But I guess the point here is like, whatever it, whatever 2019 has been, we're fastly approach, approaching this transitional period where you need to let it go. Somebody say in the chat box, let it go. Let it go. Because what has been will not always be. And you have control. Not You may not have control over what is behind you, but you certainly have control over what is in front of you. And 2020 can bring something brand new. It can bring you some some things that might be different than what you've had in the past, but better. So the title for today, write this down, becoming fruitful in the deserts. Ooh. <laughs> Alexander says, I am Elsa. <laughs> oh man. Sing it for us, Matt. Come on. Let it go. Please. Let it go. Oh, there is no place <laughs> like CK. No place like elite. 
becoming fruitful, becoming fruitful in the deserts. Molly says, I have many things I need to let go. Yep. Such as your fear of money. JK. It's the running joke for Molly. Becoming fruitful in the desert. I'm hoping you've had enough time to write this down. Um, here's the thing. So I'll just give you guys a little bit of, uh, we need to change the name of Mindset Mondays when I'm doing them, Matt, to Vulnerability Time with Taylor. Ooh. Maybe that's, maybe that would be a more appropriate name. Vulnerability Time with Taylor. Tea Time. Tea Time with Taylor. Becoming Fruitful in the Desert. 2019 for me has been the best year of my professional and my personal life. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's, and I've just been think I've thought about this for a few weeks and like, I've begun to write down the things that matter to me. In 2019, I checked all the boxes. It's actually the first year that I can ever remember where I don't know if there's much that I would change, which is rare for me because my personality type, I'm always changing things and I'm always trying to get to the next level. But 2019 has been one of the best years of all time. And let me give you the equal but conflicting statement. 2019 has been one of the hardest years of my entire life. You're like, well, what, what is that? How, how do you rectify those two situations? Well, the, the problem with most people today is they think that, a, that something good means easy, but easy is never good and good is never easy. Easy will fill you with regrets and something that you are proud of will always, always challenge you. There have been nearly constant battles in 2019. And uh, as is always the case with growth, the question is not, will this cost me? Uh, it's going to cost you. Sorry. The question is not, will this cost me? It's how much am I willing to trade for this? How much will it cost me? What am I really willing to sacrifice so I can achieve the X, Y, and Z in all the areas that I want to win? And, um, Typically, I'll break down, you know, if you've heard past Mindset Mondays before, I'll break down a story, then I'll give you some keys, but I'm not going to do that today. What I want to talk to you today is about the beauty of being in a place where you feel like you're fighting for your life. The beauty of being in a place where you feel like you're stranded in the desert and there is no water. The beauty and the profound impact of being in a place where there is struggle and what that does for you as an entrepreneur. Then I'm going to give you some things that I feel like uh, we need to talk about moving forward. Matt, what do you think so far? Are we on a good pace? Everybody's still here. Loving it. Tanza yeah. said, uh, this is very fitting. She just let go this morning of an underperforming team member, simplifying her life. She's ready for 2020. Mm. Mm. So good. You know that you are, you know that you have evolved into a place where, you are going to win for a long time when you can say this, these two statements and both of them are true. My life has never been better. My life has never been harder. When those two things can be simultaneously true, you're in a place where you can really take on new grounds. Um, 
So here's my, here's my thoughts for becoming fruitful in the desert. If you're actually, if you want to pay attention to uh, the life and times of great entrepreneurial people, if you actually want to lean in and study, what you'll notice is typically a life of plenty is preceded by a time of extreme challenge for these entrepreneurs. In fact, I don't, I don't know that there's quite anyone who, um, I don't know that there's anyone who has gotten to a place of prominence and gotten to a place of just like crushing life without going through some sort of season of traumatic or challenging, difficult, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. but most of the time, the people who'd never go through challenge are like your spoiled bratty, horrible people shouldn't even be here. Please don't ever talk to me. Those are the types of people who never go through pain, who never go through a challenging situation. And uh, this idea of, of becoming fruitful in the desert, I started thinking about 2019 and all the challenges. And by the way, we started uh, two new businesses in 2019. Don't look at me and Chris and be like, well, TF has already built and you guys forgot what it's like to have to build. No, we did not forget what it was like. I promise you, you can ask Tommy, who's our COO, who is basically in charge of making sure we don't burn everything down. You should ask him next time you see him. We are building things from scratch all the time and it's chronic constant uphill battles. You have to learn to love it. You actually have to fall in love with the challenge. But I realized in thinking about 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and 2016, I realized that the majority of my life has been characterized by having too much to grow, too much to grow, too much going on for real growth. And I'll bet that the same is probably true for you. If you have uh, too many things, fighting for attention, too many things. If you have too many commitments, too many opportunities, too many conflicting visions, too many, you have too much to grow. So the principle I want to really transfer to you today is this idea of growth through removal. And how many of you would guess that one of the best places to really identify the areas of removal will be in the desert? God, I'm just on fire right now. (laughs) Who even knows? You guys, did everybody catch that just went full circle? That was good. (laughs) What's one thing that you've had to remove so that you can grow an area of your life that you're passionate about? Are you asking me? I'm always asking you, big dog. Always. Um, Honestly, for me, uh, it it would be the, the people that I hang out with is a, is to me a huge distraction. Um, not just in terms of like commitments of, of hanging out with these individuals, but it's, it's also affecting my vision, who, who I want to continue to push to become. Um, and that's necessary for me to, to do the things that are necessary to create the best life and the life of the, those around me. So to me, my, my removal isn't so much tasks, but it's like literally dead weight of, of people, my environment. Mm. Amy says social worry, doubts, friends, too many opportunities. So here's my question is, you know, whatever you want to believe, um, whether there, there's a one God or many gods or the universe, but, but think about it this way. If there is a God and 
uh, and there's something in your life, like the, the canopy of a forest that is actually constraining and constricting out the sunlight and you will not remove it. Wouldn't it be the most, you know, the kindest, most generous thing that that God could do if you won't remove the item yourself for them to remove it for you? This is a philosophical question that we ought to wrestle with, but think about it. How many times do we go through life when we're like, well, this didn't work out and that didn't work out. And we complain without realizing that, you know, it's, if we wouldn't have removed that friend or situation or stressful obligation, we never would have gotten to a place where we felt like we needed to grow in the first place. That's powerful. Lily says, distance myself from negative parents, 100%. And you should continue being that girl because you have the clarity to know right and wrong and you were able to make a decision. By the way, most people know what's right and wrong. They just lack the willpower or they're so concerned with what people think about them that they won't actually do the right thing. So props to you for not only knowing the right thing, but following through with action on making that happy. So growth through removal, I, you know, my life has been filled with ups and downs and most of the people only see the ups, but in 2019, you know, me and Chris started making conscious decisions, to slowly remove things because here's the thing. If, uh, if you believe in subconscious and, you know, you, you set your son on your target and everything, there, everything eventually is going to happen for you for a reason, not to you. You're not having anything inflicted upon you against your will. Um, some of you are not in a desert because you did something wrong. You're in the middle of a desert where you feel like you're fighting for your life because without the preparation of being in that desert, you would go into a new season carrying all these bad relationships, all these bad mindsets, that would prevent you from achieving what you wanted to in 2020. So enough complaining. Let's move. Let's just move on through the complaining. Everything happens for us. Everything that you don't like in your life is probably an opportunity for you to grow into the type of person that can have anything you want, anytime you want. Three things that you need to develop an eye for removal. And these are things that I now have actually a conscious system or process of going through and examining. What area of my life do I need to take this into the desert? What area of my life, I'm going to give you these three things. What area do I need to actually take this area of my life into the desert so that I can grow through removal? Because there's too many things crowding out. There's too many things competing for my bandwidth and I can't grow because I'm being held down by one of these three things. You ready for it? Let's see in the comments if they're ready for it. Uh-oh. Let's throw in that dramatic Challenge pause. accepted. Crew, let us know if you're ready. And then, Matt, I'm going to make you remove something. I'm going to make you remove something on this call. This oh. is going to be like the walk across the fiery oh, coal at God. the end of this call. You're going to have to call someone on speaker and tell them that they are removed from your life. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, mom. Yeah, it's Matt. Um, <laughs> Matt is ready. not working anymore. <laughs> Kara's ready. Joey, all caps, yes. Christina says, hit it. Jennifer Lamprey, ready. Just, let me just give you guys an example real fast of, of life intervening on your behalf to create the perfect environment for what you want. Then I'll give you those three things. One of my good buddies, I've known this guy for six years. 
two years ago, we were talking on the phone and he's always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but he worked at a job that he did not like and he was addicted to the paycheck. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. How many of you have found yourself being addicted to a short-term gain and in doing that, you are trading a long-term gain or the short-term gain? Not anybody here. I've been there. Anyways, he was, he was addicted to the paycheck. And, um, you know, I get it. He has a family and there's fear involved in starting your own thing. There's fear involved in all these things. Anyways, I was like, dude, you need to let it go. You need to, you need to save up some money and you need to go out and you need to start creating. Like I run a a business that literally makes people rich. Listen to me. But we had been friends for too long. He knew me before traffic and funnels. Uh, you know, there's another principle. How many of you know that the people who knew you before are usually the people who don't really respect you tomorrow and where you're going? Like the people who realistically knew you five years ago typically have a hard time supporting where you want to go. They're like, why do you want that? What, what makes you think that, you know, you're going to be able to accomplish that? This is why removal is so important. So anyways, this guy is like, no, I don't want to do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Calls me a couple months later. He ended up being let go. And I was like, dude, I freaking told you. And uh, what happens is rather than you actually taking that leap by choice, life is now inflicting that leap upon you. And uh, it was one of the best things that ever happened to him because he runs a business now. He's successful now. And he probably would never have done that if he was not flung headlong into the deserts against his will. But I would much rather be the person who goes and puts myself in that position. Wouldn't you? hundred percent. I, I did something very similar. Um, one of the gyms that I was training at many moons ago, uh, let me go. I decided to open up my own place. And when I decided to open up my own place, I let the, uh, I let the owner know the next day, and I wanted to be in my control of my destiny and they, they fired me 24 hours later, but I would rather put that control on me and do it out of integrity and respect and know what the outcome was going to be as opposed to them finding out however many, many weeks or months later. And then I like get let go. And then I feel like I'm out of control. Bro. True. Happens to the best of us. Um, all right, moving on. Three things that you got to develop an eye for removal for. And inside of these three things, I'm going to give you three categories. Uh-oh. We got a three by three going on here. I said, you know, normally I'm, I give you guys like three principles and I'm not going to do that today. It's because I'm going to give you nine. <laughs> Over deliver. Can't stop this. Can't stop a train. Can't stop a train. Number one, you have to be on the look and keep an eye for the removal of people, people. You know, literally talking about our parents. Matt's going to call his mom after this. The people, these are people. And there are three categories inside of the people that you need to watch out for. Three categories. And somebody actually asked me this question was um, actually Cameron. Do you remember Cameron, Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Cam 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 also an Australian, out there with Mr. Petey Peach. Petey and Cam Cam, he was asking asking about this topic of people the other day. 
And it's so important that you surround yourself with the right people and you practice consistent removal of the wrong people. But there's three types of people. Number one, there are people that make you feel small. People that make you feel small. You need to list, you need to actually write this out and you need to begin making a list. This isn't wrong of you to do. This isn't mean of you to do. Some of you, the meanest thing you can do is continue to allow your long-term vision to be eroded and limited because you're letting ignorant people continue to have access to you in your life. So let's just do the right thing for a minute. And I want you to be honest. People that make you feel small. What does that mean? You know, I told somebody, had to have been six years ago, um, that I wanted to be a millionaire one day. I wanted to be a millionaire and I was kind of confiding in him. He had been a friend for a long time and he laughed. So picture this. This is Taylor Waltz before the ego, before the accolades, before the identity. He made me feel small. Likewise, there are people today who every single time I'm around them, they are so they are so consistent about telling me what I can't do. Never fails. It's always can't do this, can't do this, can't do this. You have to begin. You have to develop a reflex when you're around people about this person makes me feel small. They don't make me feel big. They don't make me feel like I can do anything. They make me feel little. They make me feel like I am limited in what I'm able to achieve and accomplish. I actually made this decision in 2019. That's really new for me. I never want to be the person who's talking down to another human being because I am violating my own standards. You know, I'm talking down to somebody and I'm making them feel small or, you know, and I'm making them feel like, well, I've accomplished all of this. And you know, who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And Matt, you remember that language used to be a part of my lingo. Yeah, I do. And Matt used to go in the corner and cry. And I mean, I, I sometimes miss it. I won't lie. I, I I'll be honest with you, but <laughs> I want my life to be characterized by making people feel big. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you can accomplish anything that you want to do. So whatever it is that you want to make in your life, whatever it is, however many people you want to be a billionaire. Awesome. How can I support you? That's the second type of person is people that make you feel big. Were you going to say something? No, I was clearing my throat. <laughs> Well, well, first type of person, they make you feel small. Second type of person, they make you feel big. These are the people you want to start stacking up in your, in your life, stacking up on your roster, on your Rolodex, people that make you feel big. Alexander says, that's what CK has given me. That's literally the best compliment that I think I could ever hear. Mm -hmm. It's not how much money everybody makes. It's not like, you know, the money thing is cool, but after a while, it's just like more of the same. (laughs) Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, cool. We did, you know, 60 million last year in client revenue. We're doing 80 million this year. Cool. It's just more of the same. But when somebody's like, man, CK is giving me a place where people make me feel like I can do anything. That is like, that's all I want, you know? Love it. Now, out of that, out of that, people are going to make more money. First type of person is they make you feel small. Second type of person, they make you feel big. And the third type of person that I always want to keep around me at least in some sort of, uh, you know, capacity. This is not something all the time, but there are, how many of you have friends that you feel like, uh, you feel like they're kind of neutral. 
they don't necessarily make you feel big or small, but you know that you're having an impact on them. Anybody? I'm there. I got them. <laughs> How many do you have, bro? Uh, I would say two. Two. The people that are like, they're in your life, but you can sense that they're in your life for a reason. And I feel like for a lot of you, your market falls into this category. They don't necessarily, you know, it's not like all oh, that they make me feel I can do anything or they make me feel small or they challenge me, but this like you were kind of put on this world to help that person. And I feel like you always want a certain, a certain allotment of people. If Matt were being honest, there's probably a lot more than two, but I try to keep this, this third category of person filled up all the time. And the more that you can connect in with those types of people, where you feel like you're just making a positive contribution, a positive impact. They're not necessarily taking anything from you because you cannot take what I've already given. They're not, you know, I don't feel like CK takes anything from me because I want to give freely to CK. And I'll, eventually I want to have millions and millions and millions of people who there's no identity that I'm getting from them. They're not making me big or small or anything else in between, but it is my mission and my impact that drives me further. All right. People. Somebody say people. Dude, we're running out of time. I need to hurry up. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. That's like trying to get off so you can go eat some protein smoothies. No, I, I'm just, I got to call my mom. I'm, I'm like anxious about it, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> people. Number one is people. Number three, uh, number two is activities. Three types of activities. Activities. Three types of activities. Positive, negative, and neutral. Positive, negative, and neutral. This is why sometimes it's important for you to go into a, into a desert. Because if we actually took an honest stock of the things that we do with our time, everybody should probably try this. Not this week because it's a holiday week, but maybe next week. Actually, look at your calendar. Set, a, set an alarm on your phone for every 30 minutes. And every 30 minutes when that, when that count, uh, alarm goes off, write down what you were doing the past 30 minutes. And I think you'll be mortified at what you see taking up the majority of your time. Positive, negative, and neutral. A positive is obviously some, some activity, some use of your time that you feel like is moving you towards your end goal. It's not necessarily something that makes you money. It's not necessarily something that, you know, you have an instant payoff. It's something that you feel like is positively moving you forward towards a target, a goal, a dream or some sort of mission. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Something that is neutral is something that could go either way. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that like watching TV would be a neutral depending on the show. Um, if you're going to be spending time with, um, friends of, you know, sometimes spending time with friends can be a positive. Sometimes how many of you know, it can be a neutral because you're spending time with people who, are just there for fun when they're not necessarily enhancing any part of your goal or your life. And then there are the negative things. Your, your quota needs to be 80, 20, zero, positive, neutral, negative. If you can get 80% of your time into something that is positively moving you towards a great future destination, and you can limit yourself to 20% of your time in neutral activities and 0% of your time in negative, you are going to blaze towards 
whatever goal you want to hit in record time. It's not the things that you're doing, or it's not that it's not the it's not that you're not. Usually, most of the time, what, what gets people is it's not necessarily the things that they're doing that's moving them backwards. It's that there's no time to do things that are moving them forwards. Mm. That was a little too deep, and I don't know if I can repeat it because it was just off the cuff. <laughs> but hey, replay. Karen says, I need to quit watching the political drama. It does not serve my positive attitude. Here's an example. You guys want examples of my positive, neutral, negative? Matt, do we have Let's, time or do you have to call your mother? Oh, we have time. We have all the time. <laughs> Here's an example. Here's an example. Something that would be positive for me will be studying or coaching my salespeople or um, you know, being on a call like this where I get to make an impact and make a difference. And sometimes we do webinars outside of clients and I love doing that. And it's just something positive. I feel like it enhances other people's lives and therefore it enhances me. An example of something that is neutral would be like, okay, I got to make a, I'll make a confession to you guys. I like just discovered Joe Rogan. Like just now it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, and basically Joe Rogan has changed my life not necessarily in a positive way. I've basically gone through all of the Bob Lazar episodes, all the Graham Hancock. I've listened to probably 20 hours of Joe Rogan and it's like not helping me at all, but it's not necessarily hurting me. You guys see what I mean? This would be an example of a neutral. I have to kind of limit Joe Rogan. An example of a negative would be like going through and worrying about taxes, spending time dealing with an employee that I know is not going to be here long-term. Um, Looking over financials. These are all negatives to me. Uh, messing with click funnels, negatives. You have to be, and, and here's the tough thing about activities is as seasons change, the categories change. So what was positive for you at one point may no longer be positive for you based on where you want to go. So there are my examples. They were good. And then here, here's the third area. People, activities, you guys good? Everybody hanging? This is a long one today. It's because I've been out of action and I just have all of this all this stuff. <laughs> Give it. Let's hear it. Number one, people. Number two, activities. Number three, talking about growth through removal. How to become fruitful in the desert. It's not by what you do. It's by what you remove. People, activities. The third category is beliefs. Ooh. Beliefs. The Debbie Downer of the day. So I'm going to give you three categories of beliefs and I want you to pay very close attention because if we actually did this in the correct order, it would probably be beliefs, people, activities, because your beliefs determine the people you surround yourself with. Your activities flow out of the prior two. Beliefs, two of the first types of beliefs, true and false. Simple. True and false. But the third belief, the third category of belief is empowerment. One of the things I've done over the last four years that I think has really impacted me well is not necessarily asking myself or spending too much time on, is this true or is it false? But does this belief empower me to help more people or reach more people? There's, 
if, if, if humanity as a race of people, as a society, as a culture, if we would spend less time arguing about true and false and even right and wrong, and we spent more time asking this question is, is what's happening empowering or disempowering? I believe the world would be a better place. And some of you have beliefs that might necessarily be true. Such as when I was my, in my first three months of client work, Matt, here was one of my beliefs. Ready? Let's hear it. You ready for it? I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Is it true? Absolutely. It's true. I'm in my first 90 days of building a business. I haven't done this before. I don't know what I'm doing, but it took being around the right people to discover, is, is that an empowering belief or is that a disempowering belief? That's disempowering. <laughs> that would be disempowering. If you constantly wake up in the morning, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if this works. Some of you have to actually dive into this third, this third category and stop ask, stop letting yourself feed. You're feeding yourself the same quote, true, also disempowering beliefs which is rendering you incapable of actually moving your life and your business forward. And you have to get to a place where you can begin to borrow. Maybe you're in a place where you just, you don't feel like you know what it takes to get to hundred K a month. Maybe you don't feel like you're worthy of it. And you have to learn to begin isolating those beliefs and removing them, not because they're false, but because they do not actually move you towards the destination. I'm very aware of the belief systems that I have going on in my brain. In fact, over the summer, this is the last story that we're going to wrap up. In the summer, there was somebody very important on our team and I felt like they weren't pulling their weight. And um, I had a belief that started coming in that they don't necessarily deserve um, to be on the team. And because of that, I started treating this person different. I started filtering what they were saying in a way that, was very, it put them at a disadvantage. And the, the biggest risk that we have as entrepreneurs is our beliefs are going to govern our filtration of what goes on in the world. And we have to learn how to really look at our belief system and say, is this empowering me? Is this empowering my market? Is this empowering me to get what I want? And if it's not, then you have to actually go in and tinker with it. Your beliefs are not fed to you. They are created through you. Ooh, that was good. It's a one-liner. That's really good. We're blaming, we're blaming our beliefs on this, that, and the other, rather than taking control. You can rise up. You can take control of the things that you believe so that you can move your life forward. And the beautiful thing about a group like CK is everybody is here, not because they just want to be bloody rich and become gazillionaires. Most of the time people are here because they actually want to help people. Right. And if not, you're a psychopath. Let Matt know so that we can remove you so that the environment stays clean. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting rich. Y'all, I am 30 years old. I have everything that I could ever want. There's no future in which I will worry about money ever again. But my life is not fruitful because of money. And if it's all you're chasing, then you're chasing something that's not actually going to pan out for you. Everybody here is here because you want to help other people. You want to contribute positively to the world at large. 
And so these three things, you got to make sure that the wrong people are removed. People that make you feel little, you got to remove those people. Activities that are negative, they're actually moving you backwards. Again, it's not necessarily that, it's not that you cannot do something that is neutral every now and again, it's that you have to protect your, your activities so that there's enough moving you forward. And then beliefs. We're not talking about right and wrong. We're not talking about true and false. We're talking about what are the things that are going to empower you to the highest level of service for your industry. And a lot of you, I think, are riddled with these beliefs that may, may technically be true, but they're keeping you stuck. Fix those, you fix everything else. Anything you want me to hit, Matt, before we wrap up? Or are you good to go? Hey, you got to call your mom. Oh, no, I'll Speaker do that phone. Later. It's fine. It's fine. I forgot her number. Um, uh-huh. I'll do it before dinner. No, that was great. Um, I think super applicable, uh, easy to understand when it comes to the application. If, if people drop their egos and um, look out for the future version of themselves, their business, their life, the impact, I think all of these things are easy to do. Um, some may be harder for others, but important nonetheless. Good word, bro. Good word. Signing off. Hopefully you'll have me back again. Anytime. We'll Anytime, Mr. Gorilla. All right, crew. That, that is a wrap. Uh, Black Friday link to get more information is officially dropped in this chat. Taylor, thank you for your knowledge. It is always a pleasure to hear your voice. Crew, catch you. Bye, boo. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. For more from Chris and Taylor, visit trafficandfunnels.com and get a free gift just for being a subscriber. That's trafficandfunnels.com. Hey, what if you could be in the boardroom where we sit down and we plan out how we're going to grow our eight-figure company month in and month out? If you've ever wondered how traffic and funnels grew so quickly, there are strategies, there are formulas that you can model in your business that our clients are modeling to scale to the moon and back. This is an amazing program. It's called Insider's Access Monthly, and we've put together a couple words on a page that you can actually go and check out this offer, trafficandfunnels.com slash IAM. You will not be sorry, I promise you. Let me know what you think.